Welcome to the Child Free Wealth Podcast, hosted by Bree and Dr. J, Certified Financial Planner. Here we discuss life and finances as it relates to being child free. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your advisor before implementing any ideas heard on this podcast. All right, Dr. J, today we're going to be talking all about investing. And if somebody has never invested before, but they want to start, what can you tell us about investing and the basics? So when we're looking for investing advice, Bree, is the first place you go like online and go what? Whatever the finance bro is uh, selling this week and that's what you should invest in. Is that kind of your plan? I did do that. I'm not saying it was a good idea, but I did that. Yeah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it may frustrate people a little. I am not going to tell you what to invest in. Why? Because I can't. I'm a certified financial planner. Job Free Wealth is a registered investment advisory firm with the SEC. That doesn't mean we're anything special, but just means we have to follow the rules. So if there's somebody online saying, you should buy blank, they're either an educator, an entertainer, or not an investment advisor. I know that sounds weird, but just go with it. So if they're selling you that, oh, IUL or uh, crypto or or stock, or they like it, it's because they're making money off of it. Is that fair, Bree? Yes, I would say that's fair. Now, that might make you a little frustrated because you're like, well, but how do I learn this stuff? So here's the first thing. We're going to set one rule for investing overall. And that one rule is only invest in things you understand. So understanding an investment means a lot of things, but it means you got to understand what you're investing in, like stocks or ETFs or bonds or real estate or crypto or whatever. You have to understand where to keep it, you know, which accounts, taxes, retirement, all that. And then the third one's a little harder, which is how does it impact your financial plan, which is like risk and reward and that balancing act. So everybody probably at some point in their life has invested in a savings account. A savings account is where that is just like the, the bucket it's in. What is real simple. You put money in, you get interest. Hopefully in a high yield savings, you get a little bit more. How it impacts your financial plan? Well, the job of a savings account is just to have money there for when I need it. It is not going to be inflation. It is not going to grow like an investment. It's just a nice, safe place. Uh, we also had a separate episode talking about uh, some of the banking, SVB and FDIC and all the insurance. That's a separate thing that you need to understand a savings account. But a savings account is rather simple to understand. Then people go, well, but do I have to like understand everything about the stock market, everything that goes on, and I have to pick stock? No, you don't. But you only invest in things you understand. So, Bree, do you understand crypto? Not really. Cool. I go to a webinar almost every week on crypto and, you know, read stuff nonstop. I understand the technology behind it. I understand some of the theories behind it. There's not a lot of history. Of course, that's part of the problem. I don't invest in crypto. Now, somebody in the comments is going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. You should invest in crypto and blah, 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 blah. 
And they might be right. But I don't understand it well enough to know which crypto should go where and how it impacts my financial plan. Mm -hmm. Now, that might be a blind spot. That's okay. It's okay to not understand every investment that's out there and use the ones you understand. What do you think? I think that is very true. It's important to know what you're investing in and understanding it because it can have real impacts on your financial plan. And to me, the scariest thing is when people say, oh yeah, I do this, but I don't know what it is. Like, well, if you're working with somebody, they should be able to explain to you what you're doing in a way that you can understand it. If not, probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. The scarier one to me is my insert blank friend, family member said I should buy X. Yep. I have heard that recently. And I'm like, cool. That might work for them because that might impact how their financial plan works. They might understand what it is and they might have a place for it. This doesn't mean it's right for you. But I am not hating on crypto. You want to invest in crypto and you understand it? Good. Do it. I don't. You know, and and it's one of those things where like people go, well, I could. Yeah, you could do a lot of things. So let me ask you a quiz question here, Bree. And I'm going to ask about your personal finances. And I apologize. We'll make this about all about Bree. Bree, do you want your investments to be sexy or do you want them to work? I just want them to work. Why? I mean, because one, I'm not going to, people are never really going to see what my investments are to begin with because that's not something I share. And so I don't need to impress anybody with what they are. And I just want them to work so that way I can have financial independence. Yeah, I mean, most people are with you. Like, I don't need to be sexy. I don't need to be fancy. And I don't need my investments to make me rich overnight. I need to be slow and steady and boring. Like, my goal is for your finances to be boring so your life can be amazing. And boring, like, bothers some people. So... Uh, if you haven't caught it yet, um, on Netflix, Rami is doing a, a documentary on how to get rich. Love the, what he's doing. And I got some, you know, I, I don't love everything he says, but I, I like what he's presenting. And there's somebody in there who's talking about doing calls and options, and which is, by the way, gambling. I mean, that really is gambling in the stock market. He hit hard, did well, then put it back in another stock, and then lost most of it. Now, the the interesting part of that to me is not the investing. Two things. He, he didn't really understand what he did, but his friend, and, and it worked. That's always bad. When somebody gets lucky, it's always a bad deal because then I have to reprogram. But what was more interesting is he shared with his wife when the stock went up, but not when it went down. Yep. He kept that from her until the show. And that, I think you mentioned there, for me, it was like, well, yeah, people want to talk about when they're doing good, but they don't want to talk about when they're doing bad. Yep. And I can't remember the guy's name who got the money, but he did say at one point, 
you know, maybe I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Maybe I was just lucky. I was like, yep. And here's what happens with the stock market. Luck is your enemy. Now we're going to talk about kind of what you invest in next time. And we'll talk about passive versus active investing, all that. But the fun one is every time they do a competition, or almost every time, I'll caveat a little, where the chicken or the monkey is picking the stocks, they do better than the professionals. Just randomly picking stocks. By the way, that's why we don't pick individual stocks. But like, I do this for a living and, and my investing is very boring. I do keep a little bit of money, about 10% of my stuff for what I call gambling. I'll invest in individual stocks because like I do this for a living and I'm just trying to like have some fun. But the other 9% is just simple passive investing. I invest in three things. The whole U.S. stock market, the whole international stock market, and some bonds. That's it. Like, And I do this for a living and I'm not trying to get fancy. Now, people go, well, but as you get... Higher income, you need to get fancier. No. As you get higher net worth, you need to get fancier. No. And by the way, for child-free folks who are dying with zero, fancy, this is going to help you because you could add more money at the end, maybe, but you might lose your life in the middle. Yeah. You know, if your investments are keeping you up at night, that tells me one of two things. Either you don't understand what you invested in or you took on too much risk. I don't want you to think about your investments at, investment at all. My goal, and I'm not 100% there yet, so I, I freely admit this. My goal is to check my portfolio twice a year. Kind of like, how do, are we still on the same path? Cool. Unless something major changes in my life or the, or the world, set it and forget it. For you as my clients, I want the same thing. Twice a year. If you're looking at your, your portfolio every day and up and down and right it, the roller coaster, forget it. You are investing in the wrong things. You don't understand what it is or you're taking on too much risk. I fully agree with that. If you're constantly looking at it, it's not going to help you. It's just going to make you anxious because it goes up and down so much. And I know I mentioned in a previous episode that I had turned on daily account balance alerts. I got it turned off now, thank God, because it was just a roller coaster. And, you know, even me, who's on this podcast and working in finance and all this, it can be frustrating to see that constantly. And this is my job. So you don't want to be looking at it every day. Two, two times a year. I like that goal. I also am not there yet. <laughs> I didn't say I got it yet. Like I, I, I yeah. will admit, you know, I, I'm kind of at monthly now. And, and then the other one I have to watch out for myself is like, because I do this for a living, I'll be in somebody else's work and I'll be like, oh, that was a bad day. How that hurt me? Or, wow, that was an awesome day. How'd I do? Um, I know I need to get past it, but, you know, that's just, I live in finance. Yep. It is very true. It's kind of hard to shut that off at the end of the day and be like, stop looking at things. Just go look at something else that is not related to finance. So I get that. So if I'm wanting to learn more about finance, how do I learn about it? Where do I go? Okay. First thing is you got to know who's giving you the advice. All right. It's just the nature of the beast. I tend to start people off with three books. First book is The Simple Path to Wealth. The Simple Path to Wealth um, 
JL Collins, he, you know, he's really talking about the basics of financial planning. And it would do most of your financial plan. If all you did was read The Simple Path to Wealth and stop listening, I'm good. Now, child-free folks have some weird quirks and some changes, but start with Simple Path to Wealth. So the second book is John Bogle, The Little Book of Common Sense Investing. And by the way, this was like breathtaking when it came out of like, yep, I just invest in the whole stock market, let it sit and go. And Bogle invented Vanguard and ETFs and a few other funds, things that now are part of every day. It's a good one for you. Um, the, it, it's getting into a little more depth than the simple path to wealth. We can call that kind of the intermediate level. Now, if you decide I want to like dive a little deeper and I want to like think about like technicals and all this other stuff and what should I do in picking stocks, the last book I recommend is The Random Walk Down Wall Street. Now, The Random Walk Down Wall Street, real simple, they pull apart and go, yep, none of that stuff works. They're like, the bottom line is over time, stocks go up and it looks more like a random walk. Like some days this goes up, some days that goes down. Now, I have colleagues, you know, especially those that are CFAs and others that will swear they can outthink the market and do what they might. But for us, that's it. Because here's the thing. If you want to outsmart the market, you have to outsmart hedge funds with technology and the teams of people. And like, you're not. It's just not going to happen. Instead, you want to protect your investments, make them boring, and make them go up over time. Those three books, if you read those three, I'm good. Uh, if you want to dive in a little deeper, especially on the child-free folks, um, we actually have a course on investing and saving and investing. We'll include the link on that. Yeah, you got to pay for it, but it gets you there. But it also helps you through assessments and different things. Now, before I go further on this, I got to talk about getting your advice off of TikTok. So, <laughs> Bree, who's your favorite TikTok influencer? Oh, man. You know, I... Deleted TikTok, but I'm on Instagram now. I money with Katie. I really like her. I think she brings up a lot of good points. A lot of the books she recommends, I read those. Actually, I think maybe like five of the last few books I've read have been recommendations from her. Quite a yeah. few. And by the way, there are some good financial influencers out there, but there's also a lot of garbage. And I pick on TikTok in particular, um, one, because I don't understand TikTok. Like, I just don't get it. I'm too old for TikTok. But the other part of it is any random person can start giving financial advice on there. Now, they're going to say it's not financial advice, so they don't get regulated. But, like, literally anyone can be doing it. And it gets caught on. So I mentioned earlier this IUL thing which is index universal life. And IULs are kind of like, hey, well, you know, we can do this infinite banking and all like, they're like, got the sales pitch. This sounds really good. You're buying a combination of an insurance product and investing, which I call Spork. It does neither job well, but it's being sold by these influencers. Also, we recently had some Rather large names get sued by the SEC for uh, talking about crypto without talking about all the issues behind it. It's tough. 
So here's my general rule. If they're helping you on like general finances, understanding how finance works, I'm okay with that. If they're saying buy this, sell that, forget it. Like, and, and by the way, need, that's not a perfect rule, but just kind of like, if you live in the, in the internet world, if they're saying you buy or sell something, no. The other one that happens here a lot is like people that have uh, gone down the particular real estate path, which is I need to buy real estate and leverage things. This is the Grant Cardone's of the world of 10Xing and I need to, cool. By the way, Real estate's an investment. Understand what it is, where, and how it impacts. But what, you, what they're doing is they're selling debt. So when they sell debt, they're saying leverage. Those are the same things. Now we're talking about combining debt and investing. And my analogy on that one is, well, would you take a loan out on your house to put it in the stock market? People go, no. Well, then why would you take a loan out to buy a property that's a three-door apartment? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people make a lot of money in real estate. I'm not, I don't have a problem with real estate. I just want you to buy it with cash or with your money, not with debt. But what happens is that like those all are popular because people feel like they understand real estate. But the thing is the house you would buy is an investment. The house you would buy to live in are two different things. Oh my God. If I heard, if I had a dollar for every single time somebody told me I need to buy a house to live in because it's an investment, I'd be retired already. Yep. And remember, for child-free people, buying a house is a choice, not a requirement. So where I'm going with this is each of these influencers, myself included, I guess. I, I don't know if I call myself as an influencer. I do something child-free something. But I, I guess I can hate on them because I'm talking on the internet. But each of them has their own recipe. You have to pick which recipe you want to follow. If you want to follow the Dave Ramsey's of the world, the no debt, fine. Don't mix it with the, the Grant Cardone's, the all debt people. That's not going to work. And when you're doom scrolling on the internet, because you're trying to figure out how to get out of your finances or get your retirement, you're mixing 10 different recipes. The end result is some mush. You're making a brisket and brownies at the same time. Who knows what's going to come out of this? And I think the hard part is it's very, it's very easy to learn investing, but you just have to take the time to do it. You're like, yeah, but I need to invest now. Well, you can wait. It's not going to kill you to wait. Mm-hmm. You know, you can read the books. You can take some courses. The other thing you can do, you can hire somebody to help you. So just kind of a caution on this. I am completely jaded because I do this for a living. So my own opinion is my own opinion on this one. But you can hire a certified financial planner to help you invest. There's two different ways to do this. One is they call it the delegation approach where you're just like, here, you do it for me. I don't love that because you're not understanding what you're investing in. I get people that come to me all the time. Like I've been with this so-and-so for years and I'm like, okay, why do you have these investments? Like, I don't know. Cause they said I had to. No, 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 no. We don't trust anyone. Like you need to understand it. The other model is what we call an advice only financial planner. Who's there to teach you. You pay either hourly or on a retainer basis and they teach you and you do it. That's better. Cause you're learning how to do it for life. Because the reality check is, whatever you do for investing now, you're probably going to do it for the next 50 years. You need to take the time to learn that. Whether or not it's worth the pay, well, you could learn them in the books, courses, and just be good. You want more help? Pay for somebody. Or you want to move faster? Pay for somebody. You know, it's it also has to do with your learning style. You know, so my background, my PhD is in adult learning. I know some people learn by books and some people don't. 
Some people, you know, I meet with clients, I meet with regularly on a monthly basis and we make one or two improvements and I look over their shoulder and I'll be like, okay, buy this, sell that, do this. And I'm teaching them how to do that. And it works for them. Others pick up the, you know, silk path to wealth and good for life. You know, you need to decide what fits for you. You don't need to spend the money, but I'd encourage, especially child-free folks to look for what they call advice-only financial planners. Yes, we do that child-free wealth, but also if you don't want to work with us, there's a website called advicealnynetwork.com, which is a whole bunch of advice-only planners. Just be sure to ask them how your financial plan is different because you're child-free. If they say, well, you'll change your mind, you just get up and walk out of the room. And by the way, I say walk out of the room, it's Zoom now, but you know, you, you, you shut off the Zoom. If they say, I don't know how it's different, I'm actually okay with that answer. And if they say, here are the differences, I mean, that's even better. But you need to ask them that question because if they say, well, you know, it's not different, I'm going to strongly disagree with that. But the bottom line is you learn, you get help, you take the time. It's, it's not something you're going to pay up overnight. And by the way, picking up an app that like throws confetti when you buy a stock because it encourages you to buy a stock does not teach you about the stock. Mm-hmm. All that's doing is gamifying and hoping you do that. You're smiling, yeah. Brie. You know what I'm talking about. I did that because of the influencer. I know. I got. I want you to buy some random stock. I have no idea, honestly. Okay, that, that's my yeah. whole point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to give you an idea of how dangerous that can be, um, I've had this more than once now, where somebody reached out to me and did a whole bunch of day trading because they read something on the internet and ended up with millions of dollars of taxes owed. It is actually possible to owe more taxes than you made on the stock because you made a whole lot of mistakes around day trading and wash sales and some funky things. Bottom line is you don't day trade. You don't try to get rich overnight on investing. Slow and steady. Learn and only invest in things you understand. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a rating or review. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Follow Child Free Wealth on social media or email us at podcast at childfreewealth.com. If you're interested in working together, learn more by visiting our website, www.childfreewealth.com. We'll see you next time.